Marriage is hard. It's something we go into so excited, but often end up leaving on the back burner. We believe in a 1 Corinthians 13 type of love, one that takes intentionality and purpose. A good marriage is not something that happens by accident. So it's our hope that you leave feeling inspired to have some new topics of conversations with your spouse through listening to our talks here. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jaren. And this is Marriage on Purpose. We want to hear from you. If you have questions, send them in to marriageonpurposepodcast at gmail.com and they will be featured on the beginning of our episodes. All questions will be anonymous. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back. How are you doing, Kristen? I'm doing fabulous. How are you? Not great. (laughs) Had COVID for two weeks. Yeah, we are um, just getting over COVID, and it lasted a long time in our household. Longer than we wanted it to. You would think, like, three days maybe? No, it was like 10. For me, anyways. It sucked. Yeah, it actually started with Jaren, and he is still the one with a lingering cough. So, bear with us today. A lot of editing on this episode. (laughs) Don't worry, we won't let you hear any of his coughing. (laughs) Maybe. We're going to try our best. So real quick, you guys obviously saw that we just did a QA and a last week. That was our first one ever. Really exciting. But I do want to let you guys know that we're probably not going to do Q&As very often moving forward just because we don't have like a surplus of questions. So for now, we are actually going to use the listener questions as a listener question segment. And those are the questions that we're going to be using at the very end of our episodes and then discussing at the beginning of the next episode. So that'll just kind of be like a little listener question segment. That's how we're going to do that moving forward. And if we don't have enough questions, we will just continue pulling questions on our own. But feel free to send in questions for that segment. They can be about anything. They can be about us. They can be about marriage. Just whatever you're feeling, send us your questions. We want to answer them just to involve you guys. We think that would be really fun. So we're going to use that beginning segment as as that. All right. So our question from last week was how to bring up hurt feelings to your spouse. So let's just dive into that question. Okay. Yeah. How to bring up hurt feelings. There could be a lot of ways to do that. You could react in your emotions and just come out fully offended and say whatever you want and tear the other person down or on the other hand the better option might be to think a little bit beforehand don't just come out swinging plan a little bit like what you want to say really know why you're feeling hurt and i would say lead the conversation with you know where you want it to go Tell your spouse where you want the conversation to go. Make sure they know you're not speaking from a place of trying to tear them down, but you're speaking from a place of, I need to get my feelings out. This happened and I want to talk about it. Yeah, I think that's good. Also, I would add, try to keep it about your feelings and not so much about how they're 
actions are so wrong. Don't heavily focus on them or the thing that they did, but on how it made you feel because it's really easy to want to just beat them over the head with how what they did was wrong, but that puts them in a place of defense mode and they immediately shut down and they're not listening to you. Instead, focus on how it made you feel. So like, when you spoke to me that way, I felt really hurt. It made me feel disconnected from you. We don't speak to each other like that, you know? So try to make sure you really focus on your feelings rather than the problem because a lot of times there is a deeper rooted issue than the problem at hand. You think that you're fighting about your spouse not picking up their clothes off the bathroom floor, but really the problem is that you don't feel heard because you're asking them to do it and they're ignoring you and they don't do it. So focus on those feelings, really try to like dig deep past the, the issue at hand and focus on how you feel. I feel like you brought that issue up just because... Slid that in there. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It actually doesn't really hurt my feelings that you leave the clothes on the floor. That was just the first thing that I came know. to mind. <laughs> because we recently talked about it. But if there was something that I continuously did ask you to do that you didn't do... I might want to argue with you about that thing. That's what feels natural. I welcome that. Why I, do you never pick up the clothes, right? I welcome an argument. Sometimes I really just need a good fight. Like sometimes okay. I tell Kristen, I'm like, I just need you to slap me sometimes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like just come up to me and smack me right in the head just to change it up a little bit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we don't fight very often. We, he's yeah. trying to, he's looking for drama. I'm looking for, <laughs> I'm looking for some drama. All right. I want to. I want to know how you really feel. Okay, but the point is you are going to hear me better if I say when you don't pick up your clothes, I'm feeling unheard. I'm feeling not cared for. I feel disrespected because I'm asking you something and you're ignoring me. It makes me feel unheard. And that is going to connect deeper than just hitting them over the head with the thing that they're doing that's hurting <laughs> your feelings the, the, your back of your hand or just slap them you know <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i just feel like that would be so funny coming from you because you're for one not confrontational at all not physical at all you internalize everything first for a long time before you come out and say it so if you just came up to me <laughs> one of these days i'm gonna lay it on smacked you me <laughs> out of not like blind rage but just to like catch me off guard i think that would be so funny okay well <laughs> i've never even been like punched i've never been, i've never gotten a fight or anything like that so you just want to <laughs> maybe that's part you of just it want to live this like thing that you feel like you've missed out on through getting me. beat up yeah through, me. <laughs> through my wife I like want her as just... a man you feel like you need to just like be slapped once in I your life you, i need you to punch me right in the right in the mouth one good time Put me in my place, and then we can talk about whatever you want. Okay, maybe we should <laughs> move on. <laughs> yeah, probably so. I'm still a little delusional. All right, I feel like we answered that one decent. Great. Um, <laughs> we did a great job. <laughs> Let's move along. So today, we are actually talking about the five love languages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Let's talk about them. We have kind of talked about the five love languages before, but we are going in depth today. We're breaking them down. You are going in depth. 
Yeah. You have the notes. I, I sent the notes to you, I mean, I have you, them too, love. but I'm really trying to just not cough right okay. now. The more I, I might breathe, be leading this one. The more I breathe, the, more, the closer I get to like coughing right. my lungs up. So the five love languages have become so popular. So many people know what they are and including a bunch of people that have never even read the book which is awesome. It's awesome that it has gotten so widely known, but there's also a lot of error in the use of the five love languages, which is why we kind of want to like break it down and talk about maybe where people get them wrong and just go in depth because we have read the book. We read the book. A eight, long time ago. Eight years ago. <laughs> we are experts on the subject matter. I did do some um, refreshing. Yeah in the book before I like took these notes and stuff. But The Five Love Languages was actually the very first marriage book that we ever read. Uh, we might have even began reading it before we even were married. Probably. I'm pretty sure. Like it was the first marriage book we ever picked up. And I really do feel like it gave us a great foundation on how to just love selflessly and helped us realize that love really is about the other person and not about how you feel. Yeah. So it was a really good foundational book to read in the beginning of our marriage. So Kristen, what is a love language? Well, a love language is just the way that we receive love. Or give love. Or give love. Right? Is that right? So yeah, I mean, people tend to give love the way that they themselves want to receive love. Yeah, it's how you give and receive love like the way you do it and he broke it down into like five different categories right um but i like to focus more on the way that we receive love because the way that we give love can be changed a lot of people will look at their love language and kind of just say this is how i give love this is what's natural to me this is the way i like love and this is the way i give love um, but the point of it is actually to change how you give love you are supposed to learn how your partner receives love and give in the way that they receive. And then you learn the way that you receive love and then your partner learns how to give the way you receive. Does that make sense? That makes sense to me, I believe. So if the person on the receiving end doesn't share the same love language as you, they're still going to feel unloved despite you trying so hard to love them. That never happens, by the way. So let's give some examples. Most of the time, people have the same love language, and it's super easy. Are the you being whole sarcastic? Time. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's actually quite the opposite for us anyways. So for example, if I received love only in physical touch and quality time, but Jaren's love language was acts of service, you naturally give love in the way that you receive love. So if you don't know each other's love language and you're just doing what comes natural, Jaren is doing all these things for me because his love language is acts of service. He receives love through acts of service. So he just assumes that people feel loved through acts of service because yeah. that's how he does. So he is doing all these things for me around the house thinking he is loving me so well. And you didn't care at all. And here I am only receiving love through quality time and physical touch, not feeling his love at all. 
So we can see why this is a problem to not know each other's love language. You try so hard, but despite your best efforts, your partner does not feel loved by you. So why is it important to know each other's love language? Well, we just kind of talked about it, right? Right. Because you want to love them in their language, not love them in your language. Because unless you have the same language then you're going to miss the mark. You're going to try so hard and miss. People tend to criticize their spouse most loudly in the area where they themselves have the deepest emotional need. Their criticism is an ineffective way of pleading for love. So I might be so critical of Jaren for never spending real quality time with me or maybe i'm critical of him for always being on his phone when we're together or not paying attention to me when i'm talking but really all that criticism is is just telling me the need that i have that's not being met which is quality time so focus on what criticism you are giving your spouse or kind of putting on your spouse because that can tell you what it is that you need emotionally. Someone could love you so desperately with their feelings and still not know how to love you correctly with their actions. Like somebody could be doing a ton of things for you, cleaning up the house, cooking dinner, doing all these things if their love language is acts of service, but yours is not. You're going to just see it as they're very helpful around the house, but they still don't have quality time with me they They still don't love you very well yeah and that actually happened in the beginning of our marriage i had four out of the five love languages believe it or not i had four out of five (laughs) even across the board my score was even for the four and i got a zero on the one and the one that jaren had he had like a 99% in, and, and the I rest were basically zero. Zeros in those. We were 100% as opposite as you could possibly be. And so I often felt that Jiren didn't care about me. I mean, yeah. With those odds right there, it was not and I good. And I didn't understand why. This was before we read the book when we were dating, and I was so confused why he never played with my hair the way I played with his hair or, like, <laughs> held my hand during a movie. And I'm over here like, stop touching my hair. <laughs> why are you fiddling with he my hair? He was so annoyed. <laughs> but it was really confusing to me. I thought that he didn't care about me, but the truth was he just received love in a different way, so he gave it in a different way. So I have a quote from the book, and it says, Our most basic emotional need is not to fall in love, but to genuinely be loved by another, to know a love that grows out of reason and choice, not instinct. I need to be loved by someone who chooses to love me, who sees in me something worth living. I love that quote. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) That really just sets us up for that belief that love is a choice and not a feeling. And I actually think that is a lot more romantic than love being this this feeling of this person's your soulmate. Where's the romance in that? It's not someone choosing to love you. They just automatically do because the, your souls are tied. Like It's like that movie Enchanted that we watched recently where yeah. the girl's like it's a it's a Disney movie and How she do like you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, my voice cracked. That was end. great, by the way. <laughs> not editing, not editing that out. 
<laughs> she like falls down this portal or whatever and she comes out and her husband or the prince whatever goes in after her so they're in like whatever new york and they're just head over heels unrealistic love this whole time let's thank disney for everyone's misconceptions about true love and it just sure. being a soulmate thing because it's just not true like in cinderella where they marry like two days later after they meet I want to know what happens, you know, after a movie, it says two years later and yeah. then it shows where they are or maybe even just six months because usually two years maybe is okay. But like six months later, Prince Eric and Cinderella are throwing stuff out the window or like fighting or they didn't know. even know each other. How do they even know if they'll jive? He's <laughs> like, your shoe fits. That's it. And like Prince Charming didn't even know what Cinderella looked like. He had to try a shoe on a bunch of women. What is up with that? Yeah, that's so... <laughs> she wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> what was up with that? Yeah, like how did he like... <laughs> he didn't nope, know. Nope, I don't recognize you. He had to you. try the shoe on every like, woman in the town. doesn't matter. Even the ugly ones. I'm going to try the shoe on because it could have been her. That's hilarious. What an idiot. Okay. <laughs> but I really... Back to the quote. I really do think that is such a good quote, that our most basic emotional need is to be genuinely loved by another, be chosen. And that is so true. We all just want to be chosen. And love languages give such a tangible way to do that, to choose to love your spouse in the way that they feel it. Yeah, it's not the most perfect system, you know, but it definitely, once you grasp it and once you like wrap your head around it, helps a lot helps to start helps to you know when you're fighting or something you can l remember this and go back and say okay i haven't been doing this thing haven't using this tool this love language tool it is helpful in a lot of ways another quote from the book is love is something you do for someone else not something you do for yourself so there's an analogy in the book they talk about our love tanks so the more that we show love to our spouse in the way that they receive it, the more we fill their love tank. And the less we do it, obviously their love tank depletes. And when we have really full love tanks, it makes us also want to give love out of abundance to our spouse. So one thing that he says in the book is to constantly ask each other how full their love tank is and that can be a really easy way to just check in on how you're doing on how you're loving the person the way that they need it and you can say you can give a percentage if you want to you know my tank is 15 percent right now you got some work to do buddy yeah <laughs> another analogy that i have is that i think about it like shooting an arrow and the love languages are the targets and if you don't know what love language you're supposed to be shooting at you're basically shooting blind and that reminds me of kind of the quote in the book about despite your best efforts you're just missing the mark you're missing the target and you're trying so hard you're doing all this work you're shooting the arrows but you have no idea what you're aiming for. So love languages kind of give this tangible way to show love purposefully. So another quote from the book says, we must be willing to learn our spouse's primary love language if we are to be effective communicators of love. And I think that's so good. We want to effectively communicate love. We don't want to shoot blind. We want to do it well. 
So let's go ahead and break down each love language and we'll talk about what it means, how to communicate it, and what things to avoid if your spouse has this love language. So the first one is words of affirmation. So if your love language is words of affirmation, you might love it when your spouse encourages or affirms you. You appreciate empathy and active listening. Um, You want your spouse to really listen well to you, to focus on you when you're talking, to build you up with their words. Uh, Maybe it's sending unexpected notes or cards. It's the person genuinely encouraging you often. That's, That's what you love. That's the big thing. One time I got to a point where I noticed this habit in our kids I noticed they were wanting to be affirmed and so like I wouldn't say it to them but I would say to you I affirm you <laughs> like I remember that <laughs> you were probably so annoyed yeah because I, I was like <laughs> logically speaking what would fill their tank so don't do that yeah. if your spouse's love language is words of affirmation don't just say I affirm you <laughs> when <laughs> because they speak. that in itself is not affirmation. It's not genuine. I was being sarcastic. I know. But be specific. Compliment them on specific things. Brag about them in front of others. These are all things that are going to make them feel really really good. What you shouldn't do is degrade them. Like that goes another level of like that level really goes a little deep. deeper yeah. rather than like you could come to me and say I'm whatever. I don't say I'm being an idiot or I'm really annoying you right now and I'm just yeah. like okay I probably you're probably right but if words of affirmation was my thing that would like cut deeper so like that's yeah. another level to watch out for is even little things like you're annoying me right now yeah is really harsh yeah so watch out for that especially in front of other people that can be a very harsh thing if their love language is words if it's not constructive just don't criticize them If it's not something that is going to be effective in how your dynamic is going to go, just don't do it. I actually told Abraham today, you were like, okay, dinner's ready. Um, And it was like, we we were having fish and they were having chicken nuggets. And he just goes, oh, I hate chicken nuggets. And I was like, bro. I, I literally whispered over to him and I was like, hey, I know you don't like chicken nuggets very much but we still need to be like thankful for mom making us dinner. So like, let's go in there and just like say thanks for dinner. And like, it's just eat whatever else you don't, you know, you don't have to eat the nuggets, but like eat the other stuff on the plate, still be thankful. And he just didn't say anything for a while. So like, yeah, <laughs> kids will really like poke this button. Non-constructive criticism. <laughs> right. I don't need to hear it. Words actually are something that mean a lot to me. One of mine One of my top ones is words of affirmation. And that really is like a hot button for me. Like if you just like tell me that you don't really like the dinner, this isn't your favorite dinner. Like it just cuts a little deeper. I'm like, why'd you have to say that? You know, like non-constructive, like keep those thoughts to yourself. I I did not want to know. Kids are so honest. That's what is so hard sometimes because they're just like, I hate this. Yeah. I hate this food. I'm not eating it. And you're like, let's just sit at the table. You don't have to eat. Just sit at the table. They're like, I'm going outside. Yeah. I don't even want to be around this <laughs> they're food. Very blunt. I am mad. And then like two hours later, they're hungry and they're crying to you. And it's like, 
you little jerk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you did, you little We're jerk. We're always going to bring up kids. Yeah. But that is kind of what we mean by non-constructive. You might not just be like, hey, I don't like that shirt. If your spouse's thing is words of affirmation, it's just not constructive, you know? Yeah, there's no reason to say that. Just notice if criticizing is necessary or not, if your partner has words of affirmation as their love language. Um, I have a couple quotes from the book. One, I'm trying to throw in a lot of quotes. So You've got a lot of quotes. I know you do. I told you I did my research. That's fine. That's good. You're just saying, <laughs> here's a quote from the book. What do you, I don't know. I got to plug it. Like <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay. So the first one is, love makes requests, not demands. When I demand things from my spouse... I become the parent and she the child. The next one is kind of about the same thing, just a different quote. It says, when you make a request of your spouse, you are affirming his or her worth and abilities. So when it comes to words of affirmation, making requests of them is good, but it's all about your tone and how you say things is so important for people who have words of affirmation as their love language. So just make sure when you are making requests of them, it is a request and not a demand. Don't demand things from people. Yeah, you can just word things like as a, like, can you help me with this really quick? Rather than like, dishes need done. Yeah. Get in. It's going to be annoying. Get in there. Yeah. Everyone, you know, get up and help, you know, rather than asking, hey, would you mind uh, fold some laundry? Yep. Next is physical touch. You want to describe that one, honey? Physical touch is described best by exactly what it says. Physical touch. Yes. And this does not just mean sex. You can have a high sex drive and physical touch not be your love language. Yeah. It's mainly feeling loved through touch. And this can be hugging. This can be a back rub. Just sitting close to each other on the couch. Having your arm around them. I had physical touch as a love language when we were dating. So I would always like have my hand on Jaren when we were in the car. Like I could not not touch him. Double negative right there. But (laughs) I had to be touching him when we were in the car. And I was fine with it for like short amounts of time. Like we can hold hands in the car while we're driving. But then like I like play drums. So I'm always tapping and fidgeting and stuff so like with my hand was being held sometimes i'm just like all right i need my hand back i need to like tap i need to do something i need to fidget i need to like so for me it was kind of like i didn't mind it probably didn't fill your tank very much because i was just it was like oh i'll rub you rub your back for two seconds you know like not really feeling it like you probably needed i remember giving a lot of touch hoping that you would notice that i like touch and give it back to me the old mind read trick (laughs) i hope you can read my mind right now but that's kind of like what love languages are it's the way that we receive love we naturally just give that way but really we need to not necessarily give that way but tell the person this is the way we receive it so you need to give it to me that way you know i feel most loved when xyz you know like holding hands or whatever I would love physical touch. So I just like overloaded you with physical touch and like that didn't do anything for you. It was just natural for me because that's how I liked it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, physical touch, you might notice you just constantly love to be touching them. It's all about using body language to show how you love them. What to avoid would be physical neglect. Don't go long periods of time without hugging them or Or, touching them. Or 
maybe a smack in the face. Maybe maybe like you love about. a good old smack in the face. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that does it for you though. No. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> maybe me like one time. It's like I want to one time, but Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So just avoid going long periods of time without any physical touch or physical intimacy. Don't be put off by touch when they touch you. Try to receive touch nicely. (laughs) Go ahead and describe that. How would you receive a touch nicely? Okay, so I get touched out very easy now that I'm a mom of three kids. It's really easy for me to kind of shudder or just receive a touch coldly from you. You might try to go in from a hug and I turn away from you. These are all cold ways to receive touch. Okay, I'm feeling that now. I am shutting you down on physical touch when I do that. And you should definitely avoid that if your partner's love language is physical touch. For all the mamas out there, sorry. (laughs) So what? So I need to avoid trying to touch you whenever you're like cold shouldering me? No, no, no. Is that what you're saying? So if your love language... Me. Yes, is physical touch. Okay. I need to work on not receiving your physical touch coldly like a child who's touching you all day long and you're just tired of it i might feel that way but i need to try to respond in a warm way to your touch because if your love language is physical touch and i'm shutting you down every time you try to touch me that is saying to you that i don't like your touch and that's something you want to avoid if your partner's love language is physical touch. Okay. Got Does that it. make sense? Got so it. So if if your partner's love language is physical touch, try to avoid cold shouldering them basically when they try to reach out for touch. Yeah. And if it's just something where you just probably can't deal with it, like I okay, I really don't need any touch right now, you just talk about that. You say, Look, yeah. Kids are all over me all the time. I'm fine with giving you a hug, whatever it is, but like I don't want to like sit on your lap and Well, yeah. <laughs> You know, like, I can't. That might be a little overboard. Yeah. (laughs) But I just mean if, like, they go to put an arm around you, you don't have to, like, shudder. Squirm out of it. squirm or freak out. Like, that's not going to make them feel very good if their love language is physical touch. Yeah. All right. The third love language is receiving gifts. I'll take a gift every once in a while. You like a good gift? Yeah, but my gifts are always, like, $300, $500. Your your love language isn't gifts. Dang (laughs) I was hoping for a new gift. So gifts are all about thoughtfulness, not necessarily a great gift. Yeah, I'm terrible at that. It's thoughtfulness through an object, something tangible, something that makes you think about your spouse. This can literally be like if you're the type of partner who when your spouse goes to the gas station, you're like, you better bring me back something from the gas station if you go. Your love language (gasps) might be gifts. Sometimes I do that. I'm like, if you're going out to get away from, be alone for a little bit, go for a drive or something, I'm like, what snack are you bringing me back? (laughs) You just like snacks. (laughs) What are you going to bring me? I mean, don't come back unless you want to have something for me to eat. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So does that count as a gift? Is that like, I want you to surprise me with a thing. It does count. When you come back. Yes, it can be something very small. But the point is that, you like to be thought of through things. So this can be a handwritten note. It can be a hand-picked flower. It can yeah. literally cost nothing. But it's just the thought of my spouse saw something. It reminded them of me. 
and they just went ahead and picked it up for me. You might be at the gas station and you know that your spouse loves a good Diet Coke and you're there and you see the Diet Coke and it's just that that thing made me think of them. So I'm going to get it for them. Yeah. And that makes that person feel really, really special when the partner gives tangible things to show their love. It doesn't have to be big gifts at all. But it could be. It could be. They also do like they do like gifts, too. Yeah, this is probably what you don't want to do is probably skip out on the times when you should have a gift like yes. anniversary or Christmas. You know, those might be like a big deal, bigger deal. Like yes. for me, it might not be a big deal on my birthday if I get whatever, a $500 Xbox. But if gifts was my thing and you didn't show up yeah. with like a something cool, then I could be really hurt by that. Yeah, so those special holidays are going to be a really big deal for the person who has gifts as their love language. It can also hurt their feelings if they're gifting you something and you don't express gratitude when opening a gift from them. Just because gifts are something that are really meaningful and special to them. If they're giving you a gift, it's because they love you. So what do you do if one person's love language is gifts and they they write you a note? every day like every morning you wake up and there's a sappy note on the counter waiting for you okay so that person has gifts as their love language the person who wrote the gift they're expressing love through their love language to you rather than but yours is not but yours is not yours is not gifts so like you get flowers four times a week you know and you're just like how do you still well i think this is why it is important to know each other's love language because if the person who's just giving in the way that they want to receive doesn't know their spouse's love language they might naturally do that but it's yeah. important to talk about it because if you then tell me my love language is actually physical touch the person giving gifts should probably focus more on physical touch than writing notes every day yeah i suppose you could say hey you know i love i appreciate all this that you're doing but it just doesn't really hit with me. It doesn't really, this isn't my thing. I do appreciate it. But if you wanted to really make it count for me, you could, you know, do whatever yeah. physical touch or acts of service. You could like really just like pick up after yourself and the kids and start, you know, just like take some of the chores off of my shoulders for me. Yeah. It's really important to know that because like we said earlier, You're trying so hard to show this person love. You're waking up every day and pouring out your heart into a note and it's just not, they can't receive it. They don't receive it as love as much as you try. So it's really important to know how the other person receives love. So avoid forgetting special events, holidays, things like that. The fourth love language is quality time. Quality time. So quality time looks like uninterrupted and focused time together. Um, You might really enjoy focused, undistracted conversations with your spouse. You need one-on-one time. So if your spouse has quality time as their love language, you should create special moments for them that are just you and them. Maybe it's going for a walk or just doing small things with your partner that show you want to spend time with them. 
It can be a little day getaway or a weekend getaway, but whatever it is, even if it's just a moment in your day, make sure electronics are turned off. Make sure they have your undivided attention. Um, Don't be distracted. Don't be looking away. Avoid not making eye contact. Avoid interrupting them. That's all really, really important when quality time is your love language. Yeah, active listening is probably a big deal on that one Yeah, that I would think a lot of people would struggle with because mm-hmm. of how distracted we are with our phones and TV. Active listening is probably something that would be like, if your spouse's love language is quality time, your skill needs to be active listening mm-hmm. because that's going to make them feel like you are here with them. You are 100% with them. You're listening to everything they say, and they're really probably going to feel a lot of love from that. Yeah, that's why I say, like, have good eye contact. Don't be distracted from your kids or your phone or just be looking around for something to do. Like, focus your full attention on them. This is something that's actually really big for me right now. I love good quality time. It makes me feel really special. And it can even be frustrating when, like, the kids interrupt a conversation and Jaren gives his attention to the kids jerk even though like (laughs) it's like impossible like the kids are here they're going to interrupt like they're a little distractions like they just are it can still be like so frustrating i know because sometimes all they need is like a one word answer Mm -hmm. like papa can i do this can i is it okay if i eat this apple and all I got to do is like, I know I do it sometimes. I just look at them and say, yes, real quick. I know. And I'm like, you're not listening to me. <laughs> They're like, oh, dang it. I just, I just needed to say yes. Or the worst. There's been times that like I'm asking you a question and you're like about to walk outside and you just choose to walk out anyway rather than just stopping and answering my question. Sometimes I'm not good at this. Sometimes when I get... I'm like, why you just slammed the door? Sometimes I'm like, I'm in the middle of something and then you catch me like walking across the room when you ask me a question. And I'm like, I'm going out. I'm, I'm, there's a fire. I'm burning stuff outside. I got to... And so, yeah, I do it to the kids too. It's so bad. I'm like, do you see me going outside? The door's opening. You want to ask me a question as I just opened the door? And then you're like, not you necessarily, but the kids. Every time I open the door, they like, they want me to like, they ask me a question and I'm like, I'm going. So those are things you can work on if your spouse's love language is quality time. Yeah, don't do that. Don't just walk outside and shut the door right (laughs) mid-sentence. Yeah, for your kids too. That's probably rude. A little rude. I'm a little rude sometimes. (laughs) I mean, I get it. I get in like zones when I'm really focused too. And anyone trying to interrupt that zone that I'm in like is not going to get my full attention. Yeah, you've done that to me before when you're cleaning. Like if you got like music on or something and you're cleaning, you walk by me and I'm like, hey, Kristen, can you? And you don't, you just I don't even acknowledge you. You don't even care that I'm (laughs) speaking right now. Or the kids, you do it to the kids too. You're just like walking around ignoring everybody. And it's fine. I mean, you're getting stuff done. And sometimes you need that too. I have ADD brain. And sometimes I genuinely don't hear you because there's so many voices happening in my brain. Yeah, I don't know how that, you like, live there. In I your process brain. what you said like 15 seconds later and I'm like, shoot, I didn't even, they said something to me. I didn't even acknowledge them. And now it's too late. So I just pretend my I never My heart it. is broken now. <laughs> At this point, I'm in tears and there's no coming back from it. I'm my, sure. It's just like a knife stabbing holes in my love tank of quality All time. Right, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad. I'm just being dramatic. Okay. We need to move through this. Our last love language is acts of service. 
I wanted to say that at the same time with you. All right, ready? One, two, three. Acts Acts of of service. service. That was great. Okay. That made me feel good. Thank you. Okay. So if your love language is acts of service, you are going to want your partner to help out. Provide by service. Yes. So if you're the spouse of the spouse who has acts of service, if your spouse's love language is acts of service, always be letting them know that you want to lighten their load and you want to help out. If you know what is on their list to do for that day, just jump in and do it. Don't ask. Just help out. Go out of your way to help with chores or whatever it is that is just they're already planning on doing it and you can just take it off their list. That's going to make them feel really loved. Any kind of act that eases their burden of responsibility is what's going to make them feel loved. Sometimes you do need to ask. Sometimes I don't like know, like on Saturday, I don't know what your normal like morning looks like with kids and breakfast and what do they do after just their chores? Do we just play whatever? So I'm just just like, all right, write me a list of things that will help you because I like lists. Yes. This might be annoying to the person who has acts of service as their love language though. Are you you saying? Mine is acts of service. I don't care. I'll make you lists all day long. Good. (laughs) This works. But a lot of people don't want to feel like their partner's manager. They want to feel like they know what they're doing. They can jump in and take over as easily as they can. They don't want to feel like they're having to micromanage because they already have to do that with the kids. So they want to feel like their load is being taken care of without you having to tell them. Yeah, that probably makes it feel more lovey. It doesn't feel super great when you have to constantly exactly lay out for the person what it is to do for you. You want them to just do it. Yeah, I guess my brain works differently probably because like if you came to me and said, hey, what can I do to help you? I would probably want you to do it in exact way that I would do it. And I would be like, do this, this, this and this in this way in this order practically if your spouse's love language is acts of service and you truly don't know what to do do the things that you already know need done if the kids need breakfast make them breakfast like the things you don't have to think about or do perfectly just lighten their load yeah if they normally start a load of laundry every morning pay attention to those things if you have a spouse whose love language is acts of service Pay attention to the things that they do regularly every single day. Those are the things that you need to take off their to-do list. Of course, if they have something that they're super micromanagey about and a little particular with, maybe not do that thing. (laughs) But just like the everyday chores, like I don't need to write out step by step how to load the dishwasher. Just do it. (laughs) You know, like you can walk around the house and be like, okay, it's a mess. I'm just going to pick up the living room or get my tools off of the mantle or make yes. breakfast or like just start cleaning the kids room. Like every, yeah. when you got kids, there's a mess everywhere. It's yep. not hard to just find something to do. Yeah. That's going to be really important for your spouse who has this as their love language. What you so should not do. Avoid forgetting promises. If you say you are going to do something. By You heavens. need to do it. <laughs> If you forget to do that promise, you might as well just move out. Just leave. You're not wanted anymore. Don't come back. (laughs) Go to work and don't come back. Just send the check every other week. (laughs) Where are you going? (laughs) Uh, Just trying to add some drama. Okay. 
avoid over committing and not following through similar to making promises don't overcommit if you don't know if you can't do it do whatever you say you're going to do do it follow yeah, through don't under deliver overcommit right. and under deliver um even small tasks should be followed through if i say hey you have dirty socks on the floor <laughs> that's never happened <laughs> You Could just, you please pick them up? You could throw on shade this episode. <laughs> Don't say, yeah, 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 I'll get them. And then like just completely forget about it for the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll write that down. <laughs> My love language is also not acts of service. I actually do. You don't have care. any love languages? Every I do. one of these you've said, like, not mine. No, not I've mine. actually said this is really important to me. Okay. A couple of them. You're right. Another thing you want to avoid is making other people's requests a higher priority than your spouse's. Yeah, like your children sometimes. If I'm always, like, my kids will come to me and say, Daddy, I want you to build me this dragon airplane out of this book we have. But if Kristen's asked me, like, to clean the living room, you know, like, hey, Saturday morning, we're going to start the day by breakfast and then, like, cleaning up a lot. If I just spend two hours building airplanes, (laughs) you know, that could be great for my kids. Right. But Kristen's like, hey. But if you've already made a promise. I thought we were cleaning, you know, that would kind of be like a slap in the face no pun intended oh my gosh the slapping (laughs) comments today one day you guys are going to hear on this episode or on it some episode you're going to hear a no you're not and then uh, that'll be it (laughs) you'll know you will know what happened so that is all the love languages hopefully you have a better understanding of what they are and just throwing this out there you can have more than one Obviously, a lot of these sound great to most people, but an easy way to figure out which one you need the most is by noticing which one you naturally give the most. Um, That's usually a good indication of what you are most wanting your spouse to do for you. So pair that with taking the test. We will link it in the show notes along with the book, and um, you should have a really good indication of what your top love languages are. We have also found that our love languages change in different seasons, so it's important to continue bringing this conversation up and continue taking the test and asking the person how their love tank's doing because it could change. Ours have obviously changed a ton over the eight years. What is your love language currently? That's a great question. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't even know. I just work. I just work. I just go to work, right? I should probably figure it out. Mine is probably quality time. I could say mine's probably quality time too, because I look forward to that the most. Just us hanging out, either doing this or watching Bob Ross or something. I'm not 100% on that. I'd have to like take the test again. Maybe we should take it tonight. We should. It's actually been a minute since we've taken the test. Let's do it. Let's take it tonight after this. It's a date. (laughs) Quality time. (laughs) All right. Well, we are ending there. Um, let's go ahead and end with our question. Question for next week. How do you pursue deeper friendship with your spouse? Great question. Friendship is a part of your marriage. We will discuss that at the beginning of next episode. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and we will see you then. See you next week.